0: And welcome to Cleveland and the Geek, the How the, the Hell You Doing edition. edition. We're, we're battered. <laughs> I am Chad Bonus of here. How the hell are you doing, Aaron Cleveland of The Athletic?
1: I'm all right. I made it back from Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> a little sickly. Uh, but we're here. You
0: are a little sickly. Yeah, yeah. that's how people often describe Aaron Cleveland. Yeah, a little sickly. <laughs> the, the picture of
1: sickly. Uh, I'm not meant to leave the house. So whenever I leave the house for like more than three consecutive days... It it all falls apart. I
0: think it's been two weeks since our last podcast. I can't really remember. Did we do it one Our last in-person Yeah, yeah, our last in-person podcast. Uh, We did do one Patreon in between from the winter meeting. So it was two weeks ago today that we did the last free one. It was a Friday. Yeah. And then we were supposed to do one this Wednesday, but Aaron's been feeling
1: a little had a little tickle in his throat well and we just had so much twins news to discuss. <laughs> yeah well that's
0: true too so we were like <laughs> yeah we let's wait a there day. was no real hurry <laughs>
1: we just keep going let's first, wait
0: first Aaron was at the winter meetings then I was in Vegas and then uh, Aaron wasn't feeling particularly yeah. up to
1: we just so. keep going let's wait a day maybe they'll do something let's wait a day maybe we're on day 400 of that <laughs> it's
0: 2028
1: 20, we're yeah, waiting we
0: gotta, we, how many more do we have to go that's a good <laughs> opening opening question well
1: I did have a, a twins uh, I think I might have mentioned let's this see, on the Patreon the 15th. A, a front office official at the winter meeting say to me, uh, you're probably good till January if you yeah. want to take a break, yeah. take a vacation or something. Yeah. So uh, I don't know about that. But the thing I would say, so January 15th, over or under? Of like a significant move? A significant move. I mean, I'd take the under, I guess, but who knows. But 10th? the the, <laughs> the baseball world has sprung into a little bit of action. Obviously, mm. Shohei Ohtani. we can talk about that for a minute. Yes. Juan Soto got traded. There's been some other moves. I think it sounds like Yamamoto's on the verge of potentially signing yeah. or this week probably. And I would normally say, because I mean Derek Fol, we kind of talked about that at the winter meetings, that they're because they have a few veteran trade pieces that people are interested in. He didn't name names, but we can name them right. Polanco, Kepler, Vasquez, Farmer, that type of thing. Maybe some other names, who knows? They felt like or he felt like, well, we need some of the free agent, particularly on the position player side, to play out a little bit so that the teams that didn't get their top targets or were priced out of their top targets, say, all right, well, let's move on to the next option. And if the next option at second base or third base is Jorge Polanco or the next option in the outfield is Max Kepler, on and on. You can fill in the blanks there. So there's been some movement on that front. I don't think like the Shohei Otani signing is a domino effect that's going to get to the Twins necessarily, but I think it will kick into gear. Although I say that, and it's the 15th, and – about five days from now, things are generally shut down Shut down for the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. A week
0: from now, we're going to be doing another, I think, another three podcast a week from today. And at that point, like for that next, well, we won't hear anything in or out of the Twins offices, I don't I mean, think, until, it's not until like January it's, 2nd. There's not
1: like a rule. But it's, no, but
0: it's so quiet.
1: Yeah. It gener- I mean... It's so many people are on vacation. We've been doing this for a long time. It, right. Once in a while, you'll have a move or something. You know, if you have a major trade or a major signing, especially if someone kind of gets wind of it right? Uh, from a reporting standpoint, sure. you know, you put it through whenever it goes through. If it goes through sure, on Christmas morning, it goes through on Christmas morning, whatever. whatever. But yeah, generally speaking... It it slows down and then picks up, you know, right. after the new year. But
0: nobody, nobody in, in, in the, anybody's front office wants to talk to anybody else at anyone's front office because everybody else is gone. Well, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's what, sort of true. That's right.
1: uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm back from Nashville. John's back from uh, fabulous Las Vegas. I said to him, "Did you win money?" And he said, "Yes." And I said, oh, yeah? And he said, well, I also lost money.
0: So the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way it works. That's the way, way to,
1: Vegas works. That's the way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, I had a couple really good runs, and I had a couple not so good runs. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it that way, if you buy something for $10 and you give them a $20 bill, you've both spent and made money. <laughs> yeah, exactly cause right. Because you got $10 that's back. exactly right, yeah. Okay. Well, right. I like that. I mean, geez, I've never lost money in that case. I've always <laughs> made a little money. Wow, I've I've always lost money in that case, but I've also always made money in that case. Although that's not even true, I definitely have. I've left uh, casinos with zero pennies, (laughs) with not a cent on me before. So I guess that doesn't even hold up. Uh, Let's I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about Shia Otani, and then we do have some some twins thoughts. You know, they're they're more I would say uh, fully formed versions of thoughts that we already had on the twins in that. Maybe. I don't think the picture has right. changed that much, but talking to some people at the winter meetings, not only talking to Falvey and Baldelli, but talking to some other teams about the Twins, I had a chance to do that. Ran into a few people in, in some other front offices. The nice thing about being a writer and being sort of an analytically uh, I don't know, focused writer is a lot of my uh, people I knew... Twenty, fifteen, ten <laughs> 10 right, years yeah, ago yeah, five yeah, right. years ago are working in
0: various baseball prospectus, right yeah.
1: fan graphs baseball primer going back to all these things even podcasters and stuff right uh they work in front offices now i'm pretty much the only one that is unhireable <laughs> <laughs> for front offices and so I, I did get a chance to run into to quite a few of those people and uh you know pester them about thoughts about the twins whether they're had talked to the twins themselves sure. or just a sense of the twins so it's not that we have, like, some big new hot take on the Twins. It's more the, I think, the, the picture that we might have of what the Twins are planning or, I don't know, hoping for is a little clearer. So we'll talk about that. There's a few bits of news. I don't know. I sat through another Rule 5 draft in which they did absolutely nothing. That's yeah, but didn't lose anybody. we even said the night before we talked to him. And I said, you guys planning to take anybody in the Rule 5 draft? Just like not to, meaning to report it. And he goes, eh, we're picking 20th, so it's pretty tough. I might just throw you a bone gleaming and take someone so you can write about <laughs> it. I know you love the Rule 5 draft. But he said that last year, too, and then they didn't take anybody. Yeah. So uh, The Rule 5 draft is a very strange experience. I because-
0: heard as of that night, the night before, there was somebody that they were kind of targeting. Well, that's they, but they weren't sure if he was going to be right. what they to told
1: me last year, yeah, too. Right. Last year, they said they were going to take a guy, and then they just – and we decided not to take him, and I had pre-written a thing all about the guy. And everything. <laughs> so uh, the Rule Five Draft is funny because I, I mean, pe- obviously, people—it's not like it's on TV or anything. So it's—it's it's literally just in a well. So if people watched the the day before the Rule Five Draft was the draft lottery, right? Yes, with Brad Paisley was there. I was in the same room as Brad Paisley. <laughs> I'm not like a country music fan, but that was interesting. Um, saw him for a second, uh, and that was on TV, right? And that's just like a big kind of uh, hall like right. where they would have like a wedding reception or whatever, you know, whatever it is, yep. a luncheon. Uh, and in fact, they did have the manager's luncheon there. And then that's where the Rule 5 draft is. And the rule, all the Rule 5 draft, it's not broadcast anywhere, I don't think. Maybe it's on radio or something. Maybe. Uh, it's just a bunch of like card tables, you know, like a, I don't know picnic tables basically stretched out i'm not thinking of the right words for these things it's very early i haven't left the house in a (laughs) week i apologize even for me that's a lot of staying at home um and then there's people at the front with like a computer with an excel spreadsheet with all the names right and there's a two microphones on either side and they say like uh okay first up uh, oakland and someone a representative from the Okone's which is usually a somebody from the scouting side or a low-ranking front office person they kind of Pick someone for that they think it would be a cool little thing to do. They walk up to the microphone and they say, we're selecting uh, Joe Blow or pass. Right. That's what they yes, say. Right. And you just go until everyone passes, essentially. Right, right. And <clears throat> there's a million media members there for some reason because we're all in the media workroom five feet away. So we all you know waddle over there. Sure. And there's also just the front offices and all the scouting directors from every team. Like you could go around – you just recognize everybody like for instance sean johnson who's the twin scouting director right. he was just sort of moseying around in the in the background uh and so it seems incredibly important in that room the rule five draft these you're going to change the lives of these 10 guys got picked in the major league portion 63 guys got picked yeah in the, i heard about that i sat through all of those which <laughs> wow. is incredible yeah they're very um, active in the minor but league, then but. you leave that room and you go Well, what was that? That wasn't anything. No one cares. (laughs) Only the people in this room care. And the 10 players who got picked care. Uh, So, yeah, I've now sat through five Rule 5 drafts, I think. And really the only selection of consequence that I can remember, I was there the year they picked Josh Hamilton – who had been um, sort of out of baseball sure, yeah, because of right. drug issues, and right. then went on to win MVP. So that was a good play. <laughs> but that one, people were like Josh Hamilton because he was totally out. Anyway, right. uh the big news obviously is Shohei Otani, and not that we have any uh, tremendous insight into Shohei Otani, but ten years, seven hundred million except is, it's more like 460. Yes. The actual <laughs> the official did. number was 437 or something like that from the players
0: union, but yeah. for the luxury tax it's 470 or right. 468 something
1: like that. So he basically 10 years 700 million is kind of I mean I thought I remember saying uh, I don't know 3 months ago that there's a chance it's going to be closer to a billion than 500 million. This right. didn't quite yeah. get there, but right. it was close. This is roughly what I thought. I actually did – I thought he would get more than 10 years because we saw Bryce Harper he, he, right, and Xander yes. Bogarts and Trey Turner and all those guys. He's 29 years old. You can kind of – Well, and just from
0: maybe, – Maybe 13. The, the <laughs> right. stretching
1: it for luxury tax purposes right. we've seen with some other contracts too. I mean we saw that. They tried to do that with Correa mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco with a 13 year right. deal yeah, too. That's right. But he found a different way to sort of Stretch
0: make that it. same <laughs> right. effect, yes.
1: which is – He's getting. He's going to get two million dollars per year. So in terms of guaranteed up, you know, pay uh, that day, or you know, right. present day money, it's a ten-year, twenty million dollar contract, which is right. amazing. Uh, you, I don't think I've ever seen a ten-year, twenty million dollar contract. Uh, and then starting at the end of the contract, so that would be twenty thirty-four, like basically the eleventh year right he's going to get 68 million dollars per year for 10 years right. yeah. in deferred money and you know i'm no great uh economist obviously but i know that you know i'll gladly pay you today or uh tomorrow for a hamburger for today a dollar sure. yeah. uh, tomorrow is worth less than a dollar today and like you said the in terms of trying to figure it out for luxury tax purposes they basically take the, you know, whatever the interest rate, the standard interest rate, you compound it, you figure it out, you backdate it, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, 400 and a something. Lot of,
0: I mean, it all depends on what that interest rate is. <laughs> and right. so I mean, you're assuming out, inflation. Right. right. That's the, been, what they end up using for the, is like an IRS standard, right. a government issued, here's how you figure out things for tax purposes, uh, right. interest rate, right?
1: And, you know, who knows how that'll play out. But yeah, it ends up being, it's still the biggest contract in baseball history. Right in terms of actual value, but it's not the biggest contract in sports history anymore. Uh, it loses out to like Lionel Messi and one other deal. Uh, originally. Oh, once you take it back down. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, the 700 right, is yes, the right. Right. Um, and look, I mean, he's still going to get $700 million. It's, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like make too much of that, but it's interesting in that for the near term, it allows the Dodgers who will always be up against and over the luxury tax thresholds, it allows them to basically act as if he's only making 40-something million a year. 46, Instead yeah, okay. of 70 million a year. Right. And you might go, well, what's the difference? Well, at that luxury tax threshold that they're likely to be at, there's two differences. One is you can just sign someone for 20-something million dollars a year. And you know the difference between 45 million and 70 million, sure. it's, that sort of creates the space for that. Or you cannot sign someone... And you just are not paying, you know, a dollar and a half on the dollar for that extra 25 million, right. which is like an extra, you know, 40 or 50 million dollars. So that has the the bill ends up being significantly less. So it's interesting. They've also I didn't realize this, but now I read about it. They did something not that extreme, but similar with the Mookie Betts contract so that yeah. they're going to be paying almost, I think, 90 million dollars a year in deferred money starting like in 2030 something sure. yeah uh, and
0: none of that will be ca- counting against the salary cap i don't think or right, the luxury, luxury tax, tax right? right Because they've already pre- <laughs> they've prepaid the luxury tax. it's an interesting deal in that you know if they if they've got a payroll of 250 million dollars right outside of the shohei otani contract well they'll only be spending 252 million dollars so if they want to spend more they can but they're if they you know that their luxury hit is going to be 296 million dollars right so that if they end up uh, right, right they, if they end up having to you know bumping up against the luxury tax or you know oh they don't want to go up from the second to the third tier or 90% or something like that they still have to be mindful of that that the luxury tax implications are still there they're just not 46 they're not 70 million dollars they're 46 million dollars right. and then those implications Completely switch around 10 years into it. 10 years into it, if they were at $250 million without Shoyatani, they're going to be paying – have an actual salary, actually spending out $318 million. With no luxury tax. With a zero – with a $250 million luxury tax thing. The
1: the interesting other thing is when you get that level of wealth, your ability to to borrow money is uh, very easy. Sure. Yeah, right. Uh, And so – you know, you can borrow money under terms that you know the average person cannot get. Right, and so essentially, Shohei Otani is giving them a sixty-eight million dollar loan, every times year, ten right. loan yeah. at zero interest over ten years, which ends up having yeah, sort true. of negative interest yeah, for you're him. Right. You're right. And if there are any kind of brains and they are i mean the, the billionaires who own the dodgers sure, are uh, yeah. you know the same guy who owns chelsea football now and all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff uh they can essentially just take that money invest it in any number of ways but even like a simplistic way sure. and they will actually end up making money off of his 68 million good, good pretend, yeah. yep. so that they can pay his 68 million and by the time they're paying him the 68 million 10 years from now they'll probably have made x number of million dollars from it so that's also interesting it's a couple other things from it and then we'll talk twins too but i think but, this is but, like but a the, once but, in a lifetime type of yeah, thing but, to the, talk but, about.
0: but the other thing about that is if they were to do that if there there is apparently a opt-out piece right so like, yeah the, so the point we, is that these are the he expects two that money to be spent right.
1: right the other two things are uh one okay well we'll talk about that one first which is in the contract it's, the language is interesting, but people clarified. He has the ability to opt out if any of, I think three, but I know it was two people. I think the third one is his interpreter. Uh, if they fire his interpreter, who's <laughs> been with him for a while. Okay. But I'm, I'm certain that it's the owner, the primary owner, whose name is uh, something Walter, I want to say. And Andrew Friedman, who's the basically the Falvey of the, okay. the Dodgers came over from the Rays, the president of baseball opera, I don't know what the title is, but because every front office has different titles. But essentially, if the owner changes, if the Dodgers are sold, so or the, the owner Dodgers leaves, sold. Yeah. or the front office, head of the front office moves on or is fired, Otani can opt out of the deal. Right. Well, that is amazing for the Andrew Friedman <laughs> uh who's the falvey equivalent of the dodgers you never had as much job security as that <laughs> well that's
0: yeah, so like, close, right? yeah. it,
1: it effectively gives him a 10-year contract right i mean like he has if, all leverage the opposite of the deal which how much of the money is guaranteed well that's interesting too i haven't seen that definitively but i think it would as- essentially be however many years are completed are that would many hope years so. deferred but right. i haven't seen that definitively uh and then the other thing that was interesting which yeah so that's very interesting language. I get it from his standpoint because he's basically saying, I'm I'm the face of this franchise now. Sure. And I don't want to get here and have the things that were sort of sold to me right. in terms of winning and stability. And we got one of the best front offices. We got one of the best ownership. If that changes in two years, which I don't know why it would, but let's say right. it does. I want to be able to say, nah, forget this. I, I'm yeah, out.
0: I, I understand the ownership part of it. Like, I, you know, I don't want this weird contract that I signed with you guys to be a big, you know, thing on your asset sheet that you're going to end up using right. to kind of just blow blow it all up and sell whatever you know, like that. Right. I can I can see where you're kind of guarding against that with that piece. Yeah, because he, uh, he becomes GM like a like piece of
1: art almost. Right. Yeah, right. Where someone could say, yeah. "Do you want to buy the Dodgers? Right. You yeah. get Shohei Otani." Right. It's an interesting little. The GM thing, honestly, it could be as simple as he thinks this guy's a good GM. I guess, and this is yeah. the guy who negotiated with him. Obviously, yeah. the other yeah. interesting part of this, in terms of negotiation, was he. It sounds like the Dodgers' uh, GM or front office boss said this, and then the Angels. He presented this. It, this was his idea. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he had this same the deal in
0: place, basically, with the Giants as our. Right. Said, he right? offered
1: the or the he presented the same type of contract. Ten years, seven hundred million, uh, with the ninety seven percent of the money deferred right. to the Giants, and the Giants said, Yes, we'll agree to those terms. Course, right. And then he just chose the Dodgers over the Giants, right. which has to hurt if you're the Giants. What about uh, the Blue Jays? Do we have anything? Well, what the hell happened well, to so the that, Blue Jays? Okay, but so then also apparently also he his agent went to the Angels. And said, Do you want to match this offer? And the angels said no, which is interesting. Now, I can't imagine he would have chosen to go back to the angels at that point. Right. But it's a moot point because the angels weren't going to give him $700 million because the angels are completely a mess, obviously. (laughs) So that, but yeah, then the other thing is on, what was it, Friday, last Friday, I want to say
0: something like that. I don't know. I was. I think that was the day I was going to see you two at the Severe, So I, okay. I, I, I found out all, about all this drama about him maybe being on a plane, yeah. not being a plane, something like uh, that. I found out about that twenty four hours. John
1: Morosi from MLB Network and one other Dodgers local Dodgers reporter. I can't remember his last name. Uh, reported that Otani was on a plane to Toronto from Southern. He lives DeSign, in Southern California DeSign, to Toronto. Yeah. And then, then people started saying, well, uh, Kikuchi, the Blue Jays pitcher, there had been some rumors that he wanted to potentially sign with a team that had a Japanese pitcher or something like that. Right. There was some reservation at the best sushi restaurant in Toronto for <laughs> fi- a party of 50 for that night or something like that wow. made okay. by… Yeah. Yeah. People thought, who knows if this was true? Right. Uh, Kikuchi was their left-handed pitcher who pitched against the Twins in the playoffs. Actually, for the Blue Jays, right. so people were like, "Oh my God, he's flying into Toronto. Right. He's going to sign his deal. They're going to go out for this amazing restaurant. He's going to celebrate with his countrymen right. and their families, or whatever." Yeah. I mean, first it when
0: Korea side with the Twins. That after after that deal was done, they we all went over to you know a place in the North Loop and Spoon and Stable. Get, maybe? No, it wasn't know. Spoon and Stable. It was um, uh, the place off Third Avenue. I it used to be best of Philly Deli, and I forget. It's, oh, I, I can't. I this can't. It's gonna lose. bother me. I'm I, gonna ask. It's em. like two twelve, two twelve eatery, something like that. One twelve eatery. One twelve eatery. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm bad. Anyway. And the, a, like the point, the point. The point is, that. it's not uncommon after signing like that that the front office yes. and the, the players players please get a group of thirty and mm-hmm. go to a high end restaurant and celebrate. it. If
1: I sign my deal with the Athletic that we've been <laughs> joking about for weeks now, I'll go to Yangtze after that. We'll go. We'll <laughs> have a we'll have the buffet at Yangtze dim sum at Yangtze. Uh, so yeah, but turns out that was all bullshit. Right. Um. Within about an hour of that, right. Uh, our guest Bobby Nightingale. His father, Bob Nightingale mm-hmm. from the USA Today, who's one of the more prominent reporters of the last several decades, right. had a very uh, strongly worded tweet that said, Shohei is not on a plane to Toronto. Shohei Otani is in Southern California. He is right. not leaving his house, like, the, you know, <laughs> right. whatever it yes. was, whatever the wording was. And then several other prominent national reporters chimed in to say, yeah, this is not the case. Right. And then people are like, "Well, who do we who do we believe?" You know, because <laughs> right. if yes. a relatively prominent person reports this, it turns out it was BS. He what he had talked to the Blue Jays like they were in the mix for him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like necessarily they were a finalist for him. He was not flying to Toronto. What I wonder is because leading up to this, there had been some reports that he had essentially told teams he's very. Uh, secretive i guess yes he doesn't really talk to the media unless he just absolutely has to um i want to talk about that aspect of it there there were reports that he essentially told all interested teams do not leak any of this right do not tell anyone that you're meeting with me do not tell anyone the offer you've made do not tell anyone we went out to dinner and if i catch wind or his agent said this, obviously, right, yes. if I catch wind that you're the one leaking information to the media, right. I will just eliminate you, you as a possibility whether I want to sign with you or not. Right. And so then when a false report of that magnitude comes out, right. and it says, well, for instance, there was one about the Cubs at the winter meetings right, um, yes. that the Cubs had gone out to dinner and there were some, uh, there was a, call it a kerfuffle in the lobby of the there was the GM for the Cubs was not happy about it because right. there was some people who thought are other teams planting sort of right. false information. Right. Are they trying to are they are they uh, false flagging
0: essentially sort of like or right, even yeah, I right, guess right, it could right.
1: be true information leaked right. on behalf of other teams right. to get them eliminated right. so that Otani exactly, right. would get annoyed yeah. with them I'm and yeah. eliminate them and so then you see the Blue Jays thing and it's like was well, this someone kind of burning a reporter in the name of right. Right. you know because. Uh, you know, I in can't the name s- of
0: trying to, to mar the Blue Jays right. reputation
1: with Otani. I yeah. have no idea if that's the case. But what I do know is he didn't go to Toronto. Yeah, right. A couple days later, he ended up signing uh, with the Dodgers, which it's a little anticlimactic in that like that's what everyone guessed. And I remember actually talking to our Dodgers writer sure. – uh, Midseason and him being like, it's too easy, right? Like, right, yeah, right. I'm That's, assuming no, yeah. just because like that seems too.
0: Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm fairly sure I've been asked, you know, on the power trip a couple different times, yeah. and the answer is just like, well, it's got to be the Dodgers? They're right? just going mean, to give them uh, seven hundred
1: right. million and right. So it turns out it's on yeah. the West
0: Coast. And That's, and yeah, it's a real hugely competitive team, and right. they got more money than God. Like, turns
1: out sometimes the right answer they check all the boxes. The most obvious <laughs> right. answer. Right. So I don't know. It was a I think a fascinating situation. On one hand, I'm sad to see him leave the american league in that i just like watching him Mm -hmm. like it's fun to watch him against the twins on the other hand good players going to the national league doesn't necessarily bother me like for instance if he had gone to the blue jays that would have impacted the twins in the sense that the twins as we saw are fighting the blue jays not only for playoff spots but in the playoffs potentially and so you know in that sense although i guess in a way otani and soto just swapped leagues Basically, Well, I suppose as yeah, MVP yeah. caliber player. Point. I mean, yeah. Soto's Soda, not as good as Otani, but he's he's pretty damn good. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: the, the privacy aspect of it uh, was a new twist on it from a strategy standpoint for agents, felt to me, and it feels like a lot of the time what we see is both you know front office members, but also um, agents and such will deliberately leak things that sort of.
1: That are meant to apply pressure from to one side or the other, right? That's, that they're using that, right? Right. You want to you want to make a team think that another team's in it, or right. you just want to sort of inflate the overall right. idea of what a player's market is. Exactly. And so, usually, you know,
0: agents to some extent like all of the buzz that's going around. Yes. They they tried things to not keep things quiet. I thought this was interesting in that by doing this, in a lot of ways, it felt like the circus around it. Was much more restricted than it had would have been otherwise, right? Because nobody, there was no circus around it. Nobody wanted. To Here's my theory about, about that. I think you're right, and I think that p- ends up putting less pressure on the or less pressure on the player that the player isn't constantly like See, God, not constantly being asked about it or
1: you know yeah, but nobody, nobody can one. get to him anyway. Here's my theory. He's so he's like LeBron James in that sense, or you know whatever you want to use. Mm-hmm. None of that matters to him. He's so far above all of that stuff. He can just pick a team and say to them, give me $700 million. And if it's not the Angels, they'll do it. So he doesn't need to inflate his market. He doesn't need to apply pressure to teams. He can just say, here's what I want. And I'm picking you, basically. Right, yeah, that's right. Well, so all the other that's interesting. even for someone like Carlos Correa or Aaron Judge, I mean, these right. are great players, right. yes. obviously. But they do need to sort of at least have the the sense, other teams need to sense that, hey, if we don't up our offer here, this guy does have offers from other places. Or this guy, right. they're jumping in and we don't want to lose him to our rival and all you know, all that stuff. When you see reports from from national media members, especially, think to yourself, who benefits from this information being right. out there? And sometimes yes. it's right. just a reporter being a good reporter. Sure. I don't mean right. to say yes. that they're right. they're only mouthpieces, but a lot of the times it's an agent giving information to a, a media member because they're trying to have an effect, like right. we just talked about. Right. But with Otani, it's not like now. Maybe that whole Toronto thing was just one big version of this. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yep. the Dodgers weren't going to go to seven hundred million. Yeah, maybe, and yeah, he just right. said, eh, "Tell him I'm going to Toronto. Yeah. Let's see how the Dodgers hey, like that."
0: Hey, or just call up Kikuchi and say, uh, "Yeah, hey, book a uh, book yeah, a big right. dinner over there." Uh, you guys go and, nuts, and let's make sure that some people know about it. Yeah. Go nuts with the sashimi.
1: <laughs> Get it? Yeah, whatever. Uh, so maybe I'm I'm giving I, him I, too much I, credit, I, but I also I, just I, think I, he's I, so far above that that it's like. It's a, we saw. Like, he said to the Dodgers and he said to the Giants, here's what I want. Right. They both said, yeah, sure. Yeah, right, yeah. So he doesn't really need more. Well, no.
0: Also, it was a very reasonable offer. Like, Ten years, like, seven years. I, mean, I mean, a lot of – well, yeah, given, the, the, the given all the deferred
1: money on it, yeah. right? Like the Yes, the, he could the, have gotten the, more money. The, both in terms saying. of just right. raw dollars, he could have gotten right. clearly. Look, if if both the Dodgers and the Giants, the two right. biggest rivals in the National League, basically – were agreeable to that exact contract. Right. He obviously could have gotten ten percent more from one of them. Yes, exactly. And right. Right. he could have not deferred the money. Right. Now I don't know that he could have gotten that 700 exact million, dollar. T- maybe who knows? I, I, I. The fact that he kind of, but apparently even while with the Angels, now it is California with the Angels, but it's not you know the right. biggest team. Yes, obviously, that's right. he was making about fifty million a year from like New Balance and other right. whatever. Well, I have to imagine with the Dodgers, that's going to double minimally. Oh, right. And so, from his standpoint, it's like, what do I care if I I'm mean, making.
0: Yeah. You, you take a look at the, throughout history, like Jordan took away below market contracts. Right. Uh, Tom Brady took below market contracts. So, he's contracts, hoping right? this yes, right.
1: allows them. A, his agent gets to say he signed the biggest deal in sports history. <laughs> yeah. When it's good. really, you know, just the biggest deal in baseball, just the biggest deal <laughs> in baseball history. And B, he allows his new team some additional flexibility to at least in terms of roster building to put a better team around him. And we just saw the Dodgers, I don't know if it's completed or official, but they're trading for Tyler Glass now okay, and that signing him to an extension. I don't know if it's done, done, but it sounds like that's happening. And so he costs $25 million a year. Well, there's that $25 million that he sort of gave up in right. terms of luxury tax purposes by having the money deferred. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me. I uh, They're coming here. I don't know. I didn't even look. I want to say they're here, early in the season, like April.
0: Last year they played in L.A. Yeah, Yeah, you're right.
1: So this year they'd be playing here. April something. The Dodgers are. Okay. I don't know why I know that, but I might have just. I know they
0: played here. Early in April two years ago, perhaps the group,
1: the beat writer group chat that I'm in, who knows? God knows what's said in that thing. We could just look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we're gonna talk some twin stuff and overall free agency too. But yeah, hopefully that Otani stuff was interesting. Whenever here's our rule: whenever someone signs the biggest contract in the history of professional sports, whether it's the Twins or not, probably not gonna be the Twins a lot of the time. (laughs) Most of the time, half the time at Great least, uh, we'll we'll talk about it. But before we get to some... Uh Let's talk about grody
0: beef. I got to tell you, I had an incredible steak last night. Um, and that's because uh, for our fee for uh, doing spots for grody beef, I take it in steak. Yeah, he takes it in meat. <laughs> John takes <laughs> it in meat. Here is why I do that. Okay. Uh, you go to the supermarket, you go even to a butcher, you go... That meat is sourced from a dozen different places. Right, you don't know. If you want to make sure that you're getting a good steak all the time, the way you do it is you go to the farm where they make, they raise cows in the right ways and have bred cows for six generations of
1: family since 1856. (laughs) Since 1856, yeah, in uh, Airbo Northfield, and you know that you are getting really good effing steak. Yes, the (laughs) the Grody family, G R O T E, uh, has been farming, like I said, in the little town of. What, Nurstrand, Minnesota? Yep. Since 18- 1856. <laughs> and they will deliver. Pretty much anywhere in the metro area. That's pretty much it, yeah. Or you can, honestly, you can go up there. You you can go to the farm. You can get your steak and look at the (laughs) house and whatever (laughs) you want to do. right.
0: Yeah, and they've got all kinds of uh, great deals in terms of like, listen, you can just go to their site and pick out individual steaks, but they also now have some holiday beef packages. So if you're looking for something to give that person that's tough to buy for you, look no further. Here's what I would suggest. Get a bunch of steaks from them, serve them for Christmas dinner, and then underneath the tree, after everybody's raving about how good that freaking steak was, so much better... They have a holiday gift package waiting for them of oh, that. that very kind of steak,
1: right? Grody um, beef, G R O T E beef, grodybeef.com. and if you use the code word Gleeman, yep, uh, when you're checking out, you get twenty percent off your holiday holiday package. packages. That's right, and you can be like John, and yeah, are like them.
0: quarter cows and half cows and all those stuff. You can write you grodybeef.com.
1: com, use the code Gleeman. That's right, uh, and then also game time. The uh, I just watched the Wolves last night. Pretty much ready to plan the victory parade at this stage. <laughs> Best record in the NBA. I'm still so bitter that they weren't in
0: Vegas when we were there. Oh, for the tournament. Oh, yeah, That, was, season that tournament. was much more fun. It was, it was better for be. them. They
1: got two easier games. Well, that's true. You're against right. Against bad teams. You're right. It was great. Um, game time, the game time app. You've heard us right. talk about it before. John uses it to do twins games, but you can use it. To do well, wolves I've used, games I've just
0: used it for Phillies games. I've used it for when I'm traveling. You can yes. use it
1: for concerts and stand-up comedy shows, all kinds of stuff. The, the idea behind the Game Time app—it's not a website; it's an app on your phone. Right. Hard to find tickets, but also last-minute tickets, yep. which are really good for sporting events. Flash just, deals, you're, zone you're, deals. Yep. You're at some happy hour or whatever, and you go, eh, "Let's go over to the Wolves game. Let's go over to the Twins game." Punch up uh, Game Time app on your phone. You can get I, tickets. I've been, u- I've
0: been using it since 2019, long before they started advertising with us. I've been a, a Game Time app, and it was because it was one of those buddy things. Like a friend of mine was like, what, yeah. "You know, you want to get the best ticket? You on can literally get yeah. the
1: tickets as you're walking to the game, yeah. and basically have it on your phone as you get to the gate and show it, and just walk right, right in. Uh, take the down- guesswork yep. out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. You create an account, and then you use the code Gleeman. You get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. But create an account. On the Game Time app, redeem the code Gleeman, GLEEMAN for $20 off. Download Game Time Today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. We got a lot more to talk about. We haven't seen each other for a long time. <laughs> a huge embrace in the halls of John. That is right. John, yes. We just kind of went eh. big man hug. Yeah. Just grunt at each <laughs> other, basically.
0: And I don't mean the hug was big, I mean the men were big. Yes, yeah, so a big man. <laughs> Yeah, slash,
1: dash, <laughs> big compound word, big man hug. Um, let's see. Uh, I will. We talked about this on the Patreon more, so I won't get that much into it, but the Joe Maurer is on the ba- Hall of Fame ballot for the first time, and uh, Ryan Thibodeau is a guy on Twitter. I don't remember his name, but you can search it. Maybe I'll link it out when I get home. He tr- he does ballot tracking, so right. there's like, I don't know how many hundred people vote for the Hall of Fame. F- 600 people? I don't know how many it is, right. whatever it is. I'm not eligible. I'm six, six years from now, I'll have a vote. Um, But he tr- a lot of people put their votes out, like they write yeah, a column about right. it, or they just post it on Twitter, or they just tell people sure. what their vote is. You know, there's nothing keeping you as a voting member of the bbw You're not right. supposed to keep it secret. No, anything. you can yeah. if you right. want. Yeah. Some people do. Um, and so he's gotten a whole team together, and they have a spreadsheet that they track it, and they kind of keep a running tally as these votes become public, right? And they have like 15 so far, and they'll end up with like ha- over half of sure, the right? Tally. Like right. they'll they'll keep coming in over the off season. It's and a, obviously it's an easy uh, column to do when uh, things yes, are dead. Here's, and here's my Hall Christmas of Fame vote. Right, here's <laughs> who I voted for. Right. Yeah, yeah all a, that yeah. gets people ball worked up. Hall of Fame stuff. So, obviously, 15 ballots, or however many they have, 16 right now, is not a huge sample size. But it's one of those things where you don't necessarily need a, that big of a sample. Assuming you're not just getting ballots from, like, one sure. region. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. Right, to right. kind of g- get a sense of where the wind's blowing. And Maurer is at, like, 80% of the early ballots. Now, you need 75%. I, yeah. I will caution that... This is 15, though, right? Right. This is a very small right, sample. Right. And also, even if... They get like let's say they get three hundred out of the six hundred ballots or whatever it is. Right. And he's at seventy five percent. Generally speaking, the ballots that get revealed tend to be more new school or sabermetrically inclined or sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. They also just tend to have more players chosen. Sure. So that the ballots that don't get revealed are kind of the old fogey set. Right. And so I remember in years past Players would be at 78% of the revealed ballots. And then when the actual voting came out, they'd end up at 73%. And you'd go, well, why is it so much lower? It's because the ones that don't get revealed are not, they're kind of not revealed for a reason. Right. Because they're worse ballots, at least from my viewpoint. But here's what I will also say I asked a ton of people who have votes while at the winning. I was in a room with Mm -hmm. 300 media members, probably half of whom have Hall of Fame votes. And so not that I'm uh you know, miscongeniality or anything, but I was I was talking to people, I said, Hey, do you have a Hall of Fame vote? You yeah. are reminiscent of Sandy Sandra Bullock. I a lot of people do yeah, confuse right, us. Yeah. With a beard. Sandra Bullock yeah, with a beard. Same hair color. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if she's gray at this point, but I'm going gray. <laughs> I got a haircut before I went to Nashville. And my haircut takes about four minutes. Sometimes I time it. It's under <laughs> five minutes. I go to gray, I go to gray clips. Um <laughs> If they want to become a sponsor, you guys should. And so basically my haircut is they start with the the clipper, the buzzer, and they just buzz the sides first. Sure. You know, by, and my temples basically. And they do the – the bu- just to start it out, they buzz the sides. And that, you know, clump of hair falls, you know, on your <laughs> shirt basically. <laughs> right. And I look and it's just all gray. Uh-oh. That whole clump and I just think. It's bad enough that at the end of my haircuts, mm-hmm. they do the mirror in yeah. the back. <laughs> right, yes. How does this look? Yeah, I and I want to kill myself because <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. that's the worst view. I have no hair in the yep. back, basically. Yep. I'm fine in the front. John and I have the opposite problem. Yeah. I, we always joke if I we combined with, hair, yeah, exactly. we'd have one full that, head of hair. That's right. Or uh, one bald head.
0: Well, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I'm yeah. up to half full. <laughs> <I have>
1: full. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I
0: guess.
1: Yeah, right. We'd have one guy who had a full head of hair and one guy just baldy. As my cousin used to say, baldy for the baldy. He used to always call bald people. Like him. Anyway, um, what was I about to say? Oh, I was asking a lot of people. Right. So yeah, to, to be fair, you're probably
0: have the same selection bias that Ryan has.
1: Yes, you're I'm probably generally talking, talking to people <laughs> I know right. who are younger yeah, and right. more sabermetrically inclined. No, maybe. Although right. I did yes. talk to some old schoolers too, but I was shocked. Look, I think Joe Maurer should be a Hall of Famer. If I had a vote today, I would vote for Joe Maurer. I don't really buy into the first ballot stuff. If I did buy into the first ballot as a kind of differentiator, Uh I think Maurer is kind of borderline for that. Maybe if I really felt strongly about the idea of what's a first ballot Hall of Famer versus just a regular old Hall of Famer, I would hold off on Maurer. (coughs) Excuse me. But I'm – now fully convinced, he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, with and I'll even say within the next two to three years. Yeah, I actually think there's not there's a non-zero chance, as our friend Derek Wetmore would say, that he gets in on the first ballot. Which, if you'd asked me two months ago, yeah. I would have said no, he's not going to get in on the first ballot. I don't think I wouldn't would. have thought
0: so either. I don't think he will. I wasn't sure that he necessarily would get in. Period. Right.
1: So. I don't think he will get on the first ballot, but I think there's at least a slim chance of it. And he's definitely going to get more than 50% of the vote in my mind, unless I'm just completely wrong in my little poll that I've taken. (laughs) And we've talked about this. If you're on the ballot for the first time and you even get like 35, 45%, let alone 50, 55%, you're going to get into the Hall of Fame short of something – Kurt Schilling-esque happening where you, right, people yes. just decide you're an yeah. a-hole. <laughs> yeah, right, and that's yeah. not going right. to happen with Maurer, obviously. Um, So obviously people would love it if it was first ballot and that would mean something extra and you don't have to right. wait and all that stuff. And I think there's some slim chance of that. But the bigger picture thing is I am so thoroughly convinced now that Joe Maurer will be in the Hall of Fame before I get a vote in six years, basically, right, is what, yeah, I'm, right. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think that our perceptions on this are probably tainted by
0: our uh, uh, closeness to the local media. This has always here. been our theory,
1: right? It that may, he's more yes, appreciated right. outside of Minnesota. Well, we've always
0: said that. I mean, we always believed that. But I'm surprised, to some extent, that you and I didn't factor that in when we've talked about right. sort of the, the chances of him becoming a Hall of Famer or becoming a first ballot Hall of Famer, even more so. That that you know, nationally, everybody else is like. Yeah, this is the right the catcher the, with five gold gloves uh, and three batting titles well, and an MVP. Why well, wouldn't he also, get it? He was it? the face of the franchise for a decade, sure, you know, and, and justifiably so. Like, he was the name that came through to national was, you know embraced by national publications and national websites and, well, and broadcasts the, and everything else. The fact for that it. he
1: was known from the time he was, you know, 16 <sighs> right. and he was the number one pick and he lived up to the hype and all right. that stuff. Yeah,
0: and yeah, you're, I, Except I mean, he didn't live up to the hype here. Well, right. But, but he lived up to the hype everywhere That's else. our fault.
1: Yeah. I don't mean you and I, I just mean <laughs> well, Minnesota.
0: I mean, maybe you and I. I mean, we talked respect, about right, that yes. when
1: he was, well, I think we tried to take the <laughs> well, opposite stance well. quite a bit, but right. um, you know, that was our theory or kind of how we felt as it was happening, I think, which right. is, I would always tell the story of, you know, once or twice a year, somebody from ESPN or somebody Joe from- Joe Posnansky stops by. And, right, and to like, write a feature about it, Joe Maurer. People Maur. don't like him? And they'd reach out to me, or they'd reach out to you, or they'd reach out to, you know, some local writer to get a uh, sense of, hey, who should I talk to, or whatever. And then they'd always go like, um I remember uh, Michael Bauman from uh, Grantland was one of the last ones who did it at the end of his career. And he he literally, like, Texted me and he was like, "Do people not like Joe Mauer here? Is <laughs> yeah, this what I'm running into?" Yeah, and I'm right, like, "Oh right. my god, yes!" And he's like, "Um, what?" <laughs> and I think that's right. When you strip that away, right, and you just say a binary yes or no, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Right. Anybody from the outside will look at his career and say, "Yes." Was is he the greatest catcher of all time? No. Did he have a career that was Cut short, and even at the front end, right. marred by injury, absolutely. But Is he that's a top what happens ten in the catcher of all time. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I think he's clearly a top ten to twelve catcher of all time. Even if you're sort of low on Joe Mauer, and that should absolutely. Be, I think catchers are underrepresented in the Hall of Fame just in general, and so I think that's what we're seeing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pl- I, I did think he would be a Hall of Famer, but I thought it might take six, eight, ten yeah. years. Yeah. I'm now pretty convinced that like two or three years and i honestly think there's some slim chance it could happen this year yeah um but i don't want to like give people's hopes up you on don't want to jinx it yeah you know me i <laughs> care about that so yeah that's uh got wood right uh, here that was an interesting <laughs> t- and i will tell you like when asking people hey are you voting for joe Maurer? and they don't they honestly i probably talked to 25 people right and 20 of them were like of yeah, course. of course. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I agree. I wanted to be like, no, I, I agree. I just I, – uh. and they'd be like, what? It's a weird thing to ask, right? It's like, are you, are you voting for LeBron James for the hall? <laughs> yeah, – they'd be like, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying they're the same. but So, yeah, that was a, I don't know, pleasant surprise, That's I good. guess I would say. that. it. Um, okay. So, Gray, Sonny Gray, Maeda, and Pagan have all signed. We talked about that on the last show. Tyler Malley. Also signed yesterday with yeah. the Rangers, a two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal. Twenty-two million dollars. Yeah, which uh, the wow. two-year component makes sense because he's coming right. back. He had Tommy John surgery in May, May late May, I want to say, for the Twins. So they're hoping he'll be a second-half contributor this year. this upcoming season, okay. uh, and they'll okay. get a full season. Yeah, I suppose.
0: Yeah, he got Tommy John early on in the <laughs> year. Yeah, right. everything broke down early on in the year, so they could get a year and a half out of it.
1: All right. I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, the Rangers have money. The Rangers, I would say with pitching, whether it's DeGrom, Scherzer, they take bigger risks on the injury front sure. with pitchers.
0: Yeah, you're right. Which is interesting.
1: Yeah. It didn't pay off with DeGrom so far, obviously, or Scherzer. Right. Um, but I think their feeling kind of is, let's go for the upside and just assume all pitchers are injured. Well, So even right. getting injured pitchers isn't that scarier than getting healthy pitchers. I sort of, I think, their approach. Or they just have a bunch of money and they just throw it around, basically. But I mean, uh, compare that to the like the listen. They're not the same picture, but you compare that to the Paddock uh, contract where they've got right. they
0: got now that partly they Paddock was not a free agent, right? Right. Well, but,
1: uh, going back, uh, I don't know seven years or whatever it was when the Twins initially signed Michael Pineda. He was coming back from Tommy John surgery, right? And the Twins signed him to a two-year deal, exactly like this. Yeah, two years, ten million. Now that was. Six or seven years ago. so And he was probably a lesser pitcher slightly than Mally when healthy. Although Pineda was pretty good before that. Um, So, you know, you put some inflation in there. It's maybe a little bit more expensive than I expected. But that's kind of the deal you – I thought – I mean, there was some thought that Mally would wait until he was healthy and then just kind of sign a deal – Right. either for the end of this season yeah. or just sign a deal for next season. This way he gets to rehab with the team. Well, also he gets $22 million guaranteed.
0: Well, right. I mean, he's
1: <laughs> – Yes, I agree. Uh, there, as far as I know, and I did ask a little bit about this, there was no interest from the Twins uh, with this type of deal with yeah. him. It's the type of deal that I could see them um, – like I said, they, they did sign Pineda to this oh, type mean, of deal. Beyond, beyond the, a one-plus-one no. deal is kind of how these are talked yeah. about.
0: But first of all, it doesn't make any sense for the Twins to really do that because they've got everybody under contract for multiple years. Like It's one thing if you've got a whole bunch of people who are going to become a free agent at the end of 2024. You might be looking for that type of pitcher, somebody who's going to end up – you know, not being particularly valuable this year, but is going to be you know, part of your rotation. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Paddock last year, right? When yeah, they, but right? I mean,
1: they'd still have, they got spot in the rotation for him if what? he's healthy. Yeah, year.
0: but it, the other thing about him is that, like, beyond the elbow, before it was the elbow, before right. the Tommy Johnson surgery
1: with the elbow, he had shoulder issues. Right. I think that's more of it with the twins, which is like, they, I don't. I mean, we talked about this at the time. I we, it was, uh, I know Twins Reddit made a kind of a meme out of me constantly they said gleeman doesn't even believe he has a right arm at this
0: point
1: (laughs) i hate to say but i was right like i I just the way his the way he talked about his health and the way the twins sort of stepped around talking about his health now like you said it was initially the shoulder problems in 2022 and then actually his shoulder got healthy and he pitched pretty well for five starts and then his elbow blew out um it just seemed odd to me. The whole situation seemed so strange to me that, like, my spidey sense kind of was was buzzing. Right. Like, w- why is this being treated? Why is everyone talking about this as if we've never seen an injured pitcher before? Right. Like, why are we having to act as if he's fine when he's clearly not fine? Why does he say he's fine? And so whether it was frustration with that from the twin standpoint in terms of his kind of inability to tell them like how he's actually feeling like he just tells them he's fine and he when he's not fine or just they thought you know what you know he had shoulder problems he blew out his elbow we're going to we're going to move on i also just think 22 million i mean they just don't have that type of money to throw at a rehab project basically at this stage right i mean you know the rangers just have more ability to spend that so i don't think that mally was n- never going to come back here Um, so those are the the four free agent pitchers i have already signed. And it's, uh, you know, we did talk Otani signed and Soto got
0: traded, right? But that's really about all the movement we've seen on the hitter side. We've still seen lots of, we've seen a lot of movement on the free agent pitcher side. And I still think everybody's waiting for the uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto uh, uh, bomb to drop here. Otani,
1: Nola, Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Seth Lugo signed, Kent Maeda, (laughs) Craig Kimbrell signed with the Orioles. Uh, On the hitter side, uh, Candelario signed with the yeah. Reds 3 yeah. 3 years 45 million. Yeah. And then yesterday or the day before uh Jung-Hoo Lee Right. Hope I'm saying that correctly, signed a 113 million dollar deal with the Giants. But those have been really the only two hitters. Uh yeah, that's true. And I so to the Twins point, they need some of those dominoes to to yeah. fall a little bit uh before they can start to to do some trade stuff. I guess the my biggest you know, how I said at the beginning of the show, like it's not so much that the winter meetings and talking to people and asking around about the Twins and all that stuff, including talking to the Twins people, but um, made me think differently about their off-season plans. It more just kind of sharpened or focused uh, what I thought about it. And so I really have three, I don't know, three core Beliefs about what we're going to see this off from the Twins. Well, let's talk about that after, you, right after we cover. Our oh, spot you're there. such a radio. Man. <laughs> They're somewhat That's tied a together. <laughs> after this break, yeah, this it's like <laughs> no, no. Uh, what was what Chuck Woolery used to say? No zapping or whatever. No, no uh, surfing. No, uh, channel surfing. Oh, no channel surfing. No channel surfing. we back in tune two and <laughs> two.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, if you are somebody who is thinking about getting therapy. Uh, you know, we get to this time of the year people start seasonal becoming,
1: affective order yeah. disorder is a real thing
0: well and i mean people start getting more introspective at this time of year you're starting to think about family that you've been around at christmas and that sort of thing or you spend time around your family yeah and, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. and you, you need you need some came help from that i need to talk to so this that's my speaking of which i gotta just interrupt this thing uh, have you seen the bear have you been watching the bear yes I've seen. we finally show. saw the bear uh the seven fishes episode the christmas episode. oh my god so good
1: so and if you would like to talk to somebody uh, and get some therapy from a real licensed therapist, and they right. can match you up with someone who can uh, fit whatever you're looking for. Right. And the the thing I like about this is, if you wanna do a, a video chat, you can do a video chat. If you say, I don't wanna be on camera, you can do a phone call. If you say, I don't like being on the phone, you can do just a live chat, like type to someone. They can right. sort of customize it to whatever your comfort level is. Uh, it's it's better help. Yeah. Uh, BetterHelp.com slash Gleeman, and you get 10% off your first month. Uh, give yourself what you need in the season of giving with BetterHelp.com slash Gleeman. Super
0: flexible, super affordable, BetterHelp. And then let's talk a little bit about uh, gift giving. A uh, great stocking stuffer is Harry's Razors. I, you know, I, I can't believe anybody who's listened to this podcast hasn't tried Harry's Racers by now because I've been raving about how much I enjoy them for like 10 years and what a great deal it is and how they just they listen they just found a good little niche and hack in terms of getting good razors but not everybody in the world listens to podcasts not every, you know, you might have you might have a dad or an uncle or somebody like you that you
1: know some bearded Who, gentleman in your life
0: yeah yeah well or just or just somebody who's like <laughs> There are probably people in this world who still think of Harry's razors as like, oh, that thing I keep hearing about. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get it for them. Yeah. yeah. And they, we, they can uh, experience how cheap and affordable it is, how easy it is to be have everything just delivered to them. Yes.
1: High quality razors at a lower price point delivered right to you so that you don't have to go to the store and ask someone to unlock a case and all this stuff. And you don't sit and use a worn out razor That's because right. you're just too lazy to go get it refilled. All you got to do a couple of clicks and they'll just send one right to your door. It's, exactly. a, it's a beautiful thing. That's right.
0: You can get a subscription that saves you time and money with Harry's. You get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. Here's at what you Harry, get. Harry's.com.
1: In, it's in that Freeman. $13 value trial yes. set, you can get it for $3. bucks. 5 blade German engineered razor with a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. They've uh, over the years sent us some of these sets and i say yeah. i always feel like I'm in mad men <laughs> yeah exactly don draper it's it makes really me feel stuff, very right. fancy yeah. shaving
0: so get a subscription saves you time and money with harry's get started with the 13 dollar trial set for just three bucks at harry's.com slash gleeman that's harry's.com slash gleeman for a three dollar trial set
1: okay um yeah i did made too much of this you made too much of this my three core beliefs of the offseason you made this seem like it's gonna be <laughs> some really big thing hey,
0: come on Okay, We're all waiting. Uh,
1: number one. <laughs> now I'm like trying to and think. judging. What should I say? <laughs> They're going to trade for Shohei Ohtani. He's once out of LA <laughs> already. Go, yeah, yeah. Juan Soto's sick of the Yankees. <laughs> uh, he, they told me he had to shave. That's, that's he doesn't right, want yeah, to do right, it. Yeah. Um, I am amazed that that, speaking of Harry's razors, this is not an ad now, but <laughs> I'm amazed that that still exists, that the Yankees can still... Right, force players to not have beards. To not have beards in the year twenty twenty. It's a bit. It is a little three. stunning, right? Yeah, I mean, I think getting over the hump was
0: like the seventies. You know, right, you know, like the seventies when people were growing out, the growing their hair out, and uh, you would you just know, think the players' the association the would be stashes.
1: like, "Why are we?" <laughs> Although the mustaches are making a comeback. I know, but you know, not, not on my face. They're not. No. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm always about two minutes away from having a mustache. Like, I can make it a mustache <laughs> if you really want it. I say that to Becky, and she says, no, no, don't, don't do that. But um, I always tell this story. This was like, we're coming up on 10 years together. Uh, hold your applause, please. <laughs> um, like, probably three years in or something, we went to a Halloween party, and I went as Ron Gardner. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. so I had to shave my full beard Right. Which I normally keep right. into a goatee, goatee which yeah. I never have a goatee, but Gardy had a goatee. Right. And then yeah. I dyed it, I spray right. painted it gray, which yeah. is a mistake. Right. Don't use spray paint on your face, people. Oh, no. Anyway. And also, we went to a party with a bunch of hipsters, and not a single person knew who Von Gardenhair was. <laughs> so I just looked like a guy in sweatpants and a twin shirt. You looked like. Um some oh, weird Santa Claus. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, right. Like the snowman guy and Rudolph yeah, the Red Nutter. No a terrible, <laughs> a terrible thing. Burl Ives. Ask <laughs> Burl Ives. Also, somebody. Now, that's the hipsters might get. No.
1: <laughs> but I remember I went and shaved my beard and I walked out of the bathroom and she had never seen me without a beard like three, two, three years into David. Right. And she looked at me and she thought. Oh, you look so young. How long will that take to grow back? <laughs> I thought, all right, I get that. So I haven't shaved since then. That's funny. Um, okay, here's my three uh, three things I've sort of now believe uh, firmly about the Twins off season, at least in terms of you know, whether they'll be able to enact these plans, you know, complete these plans. Right. Who knows? Number one, again, these are not shocking necessarily, but number one, their biggest move slash moves will come via trade rather than free agency. Yeah, well, I agree. I very much think that's the case. Number two, they will trade some slash all of Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, Christian Vasquez, and Kyle Farmer. I will be absolutely shocked if at least one of those players is not traded, and I will not be shocked at all if multiple two, three, or even four out of the four are traded. And then the number three thing...
0: Miss, I'm less less sure about that, but keep going. Uh,
1: the number three thing, they will acquire... Now, keep in mind my first thing, where I said their biggest moves will be in trade rather than free agency, but they will acquire a... Uh, there were, I, I saw on Twins Reddit, people were uh, accusing me of being, um, I don't know, full of it, because I, w- I said they're going to get a frontline starter, but then I said they weren't going to get an ace,
0: and right. like, What's yeah, the yeah, difference? Yeah, right.
1: And I, I guess it's semantic. It's worth talking about. I guess, but let me phrase it this way: They number three. They will acquire a playoff caliber starting pitcher. Now, here's the problem. We've talked about this in the past, so we'll go over it. But because the last thing I would want to do is be misrepresented on Twins Reddit, <laughs> I like Twins Reddit. I don't mean to be. Hi, everybody on Twins Reddit. You could say a few nicer things about me and John, but I like you guys. It's a good. Nah. I like to check Keep in on someone. Well, and then Doe Doe's active on there, so Doe when they say oh, something real mean about me, sure. Doe sends it to me goes, they hate you. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I did. A, I did see the.
0: I, I tweet, like. I think Doe performed a championship service there.
1: Yeah, it's fine with me. You
0: stay with it, though.
1: Well, I tweeted out there was a whole thread yesterday. Is Going With the Geek ever coming back? It made me feel. It made me feel good that people are missing us. <laughs> okay, good. I'll have to check that out. Um, it's subjective in some sense. Like I've had this discussion with Keith Law before. Keith Law has a very high standard. When he writes number one starter, number two starter, number three starter, he means a much different thing than most people when they say that, and certainly me when I say that. And so a lot of people are confused when they read his articles or if they read something he wrote next to something I wrote Mm. about the same team, let's say. And he'll say, the Twins rotation is full of number three starters. And I'll say, the Twins have a number one starter and a number two. And they'll be like, well, how can these two things coexist? Well, his sort of threshold for those different labels is different. And that's subjective. I mean, that's always – there's not like a set thing for that. You know what I mean? It's – and so I have in the past tried to
0: sort of sabermetrically define like what, yeah what what the in, you know how many innings do you have to do and what sort of ERA do you have to put up to be you know such and such level, you know
1: all all I can say is how I personally right. view it and I, I, this has changed over the years but I have sort of a, a mindset with it in recent years which is I view there's a few cutoffs that I would say everyone loves to talk about aces. The Twins need right, to go yeah, get right. – we've heard this for 20 years. Right. Yeah,
0: of course.
1: Got to go get an ace.
0: And it's every fan base, by the way. Right? just yes, sure. the twins are, twins are, fans are maybe more obsessed than others. But if but you
1: say to someone, well, how many aces are there in baseball? And you let them list them off. You give them a list right. of the ERA leaders or something. You say, well, how many of these guys are in? – <clears throat> inevitably, right. they'll come up with like 10. Right. And you go, okay. Well, so what you really mean by an ace is – I want a top 10 pitcher. <laughs> the top – third of like number one starters right like a number one starter but like better than most number ones like the true like this guy's a cy young perennial cy young candidate basically right future hall of famer you know whatever the the verlanders and the kershaws and those type of guys obviously okay that's fine then you have just sort of number one starter. And that's where there's a lot of disagreement because some people think of number one starter more like we just were saying about aces. It's right. like a true, just like a right. d- yearly dominant Cy Young. But what I think of a number one starter is, in my head, I think, well, there's 30 of them, right? right? Yeah, yeah, right. Now, you can maybe, like yeah. Keith Law tends to say, I don't mean to keep citing Keith Law, but Keith Law thinks of it as playoff caliber teams only. Right. So when he thinks of a number one starter, he's basically thinking of 15 guys, not 30 guys. Right. But I think that's sort of – I don't know. It muddies the waters too much. I'm willing to say that there aren't 30 number one starters because some teams just stink and they're not putting out a representative rotation. But I do think if you're saying how many number one starters are there, if we're listing them off, there should be 20 or 25 of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: yeah. If you, if you go through and – as somebody who's done this, if you go through like the previous year – and find the top 150 starting pitchers, right? right? Because that is you know 30 teams times five starting pitchers, right? right? You will be amazed at how quickly like what what the average number three starter yes, looks people like. People
1: have a much loftier notion yeah, like of the average
0: number three starter is terrible, <laughs> you know, or not terrible, but. Somebody you would know, lo- you would not want well, to- anywhere near the top half of your rotation, especially right. as
1: workloads have shrunk right. across the league. Like the right. idea of, well, we just want a guy that throws two hundred innings with it. Well, nobody does that anymore. So, yeah,
0: it would be interesting. Like I, I had I no we were going kind to of talk about that. It would have been interesting to go through. Like, let's just take the top one hundred and fifty pitches. Uh, you know, starting pitchers by war. Or something like you know, some right. some blended metric like that and say, okay, here who's number here who's number thirty. So here's your last well, number even, one starter and here's your first number two starter. And you know, like that, like, so this is sort of the cutoff. You can basically you
1: know? do that with like p- projections
0: right. for the next season. I'd love to be able to say those names though, right now. I'd like to be able to say, yeah. you know, the number thirty, uh, the number thirty w- f first best starter, like your first number two starter is you
1: know, but, okay. I think, so, I think we'd be appalled. So but Yeah. Well <laughs> you're easily appalled. <laughs> Um, Pablo Lopez is a number one starter. Sure, Is he an ace? Eh, if he has yeah, another season like yeah, that, right, maybe. Sorry, maybe. But yeah. right now, Pablo Lopez is a number one starter. Yes. To me, Sonny Gray last season was a number one starter, but yes. Sonny Gray in general? More of a number two. More lower end number one, higher end number two is yeah. kind of how I would think Agreed. about it. But then within the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, you know, all that, I have sort of group them even together because I find it easier to talk about I often will say a frontline starter and Twins need to get a frontline starter and what I mean by frontline starter is essentially a playoff caliber starter and what I mean by that is you feel you don't feel like you're screwed if yeah. you're putting this guy on the mound in game 1, game 2, game whatever it is of a playoff series And I think we actually saw that play out with the Twins, which is they had two frontline starters, Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray. And they had two guys, Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, that they would love to have been frontline starters. But when push came to shove, they were not comfortable treating like frontline starters. They either planned to give them very quick hooks or they just pitched their way to quick hooks or some combination of those. And that, to me, is the real separator, which is everyone would love to get five aces or five number one starters and on and on and on. But what you're really looking for going into a season is if we make the playoffs, do we have three guys that we can feel comfortable with actually starting in a playoff game? And that seems simplistic, but we saw it play out with the Twins. They only had two. When push came to shove... After a, a year in which the rotation performed as well as any Twins rotation right. ever, basically, yep. when it, when it really came down to it, they had two guys, and the third, fourth, fifth guy, whatever, they weren't going to treat them like a normal starter. Now you can argue about that; they, should they have treated them like a sure? But that was how they ended up viewing it. Like, and by the way, so did the Blue Jays. Blue yes, Jays exa- the that's exactly right. Yeah, right. They treated that, right. Jose Barrios yeah, right. like a, not a right. frontline starter.
0: Well, and I mean, frankly, I would suggest the Astros didn't feel like yes. they had three, three ace or the playoff caliber
1: starters the regular season the playoffs are different in that sense in that it strips away all everything strips away and that you have to actually show your hand a little bit and you actually have to show what do you think of joe ryan what do you think of bailey Ober, what do you think of Jose a and on and on so when i say i think the twins are going to acquire a playoff caliber starter or a frontline caliber starter what i mean is I think they are going to acquire a pitcher that, in their mind at least, if not in my mind and in just overall public's mind, is someone that they would feel comfortable starting in a playoff game, A, and B – treating like a normal starter in a playoff game because look somebody's going to start the playoff game so just saying right. the guys, gonna joe ryan and bailey ober both started playoff games but that's not really what i mean what i mean is a guy's going to start a playoff game and be treated like a normal starter and i don't mean they're going to throw seven innings right but they're going to be it's going to be treated like a start not as an opener or as a bullpen game or as a get through the lineup once and get out of here it's you know we saw with sonny gray he wasn't great In the second start. No. But it was treated like a normal start. Right. There was the potential for him to throw six innings, let's say.
0: The plan was not for him to go uh, one time through the
1: lineup and then switch to another guy. And so that to me is how I've sort of come to view building a rotation, which is what you need to get through 162-game regular season. You know, a rotation that's going to soak up 900 innings or whatever it is. Is one thing you need that to get to the playoffs, but then you when the when the when you flip the switch in the playoffs, it becomes a completely different story, and you really learn who are you actually who do you actually trust enough to start in these games. And what we saw from the twins, I think, in part because Joe Ryan had the injury issue at midseason and wasn't great down the stretch, and Bailey Ober had the workload issues, and they were a little worried about that. It could be a different story this year. Right. I'm not saying those guys can never be playoff caliber starters. But to me, right now, today, the Twins have one playoff caliber starter. And they need to add a second playoff caliber starter to effectively replace Sonny Gray. And then the goal for the season should be. Develop a third one. Right. <laughs> right. Figure out if it's Joe Ryan, if it's Bailey Ober. If it's if if Chris it's, Paddock. If it's Chris Paddock. If right. it's Louis Varland, If it's a midseason trade acquisition. Right. Who, whatever the case. Figure out a third Playoff caliber starter, and so. So let me respond to the three. Okay. Things. Unless, yeah. unless you, unless you, no, those are my point. three. I don't All have right. a fourth.
0: So let's go through the first one. The first one is my fourth
1: is going to take a long ass <laughs> time, and we're going to be bored by the whole. <laughs> of
0: it. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably out. the thing I'm right. most confident. The first is what I, uh, the way I actually heard your first, which I would agree with, is, uh, you said, "Oh, they're going to make a trade as opposed to sign a free agent." Basically, my point is, they're not going to sign any impactful free agents.
1: Yeah, you could say it that
0: way. That's the way I would say it, right? The, the, that mine was more poetic. <laughs> they're going to try. The, now, the second one. Flowery language. <laughs> right? I I just don't see them making any big splash in free agency, period. Like, I I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I think we said it at the beginning maybe a month ago. Like I'm not sure they'll give out a multi-year deal. Right. In free agency. Like, I don't know that, that will they'll sign anybody to a two-year contract. Right? That That's... That, and that that might be a decent 5050 bet but I'm not I don't think I'd take the over on one and a half years I think they're gonna sign one-year deals right uh, one of those four guys will definitely be traded and maybe multiple will um,
1: that's I, the one I'm probably most confident about yeah that one I'm
0: <sighs> I gotta tell you I I think there's a better than 50 percent chance that one of those guys is traded but I think
1: um, I
0: mean I think there's almost
1: if we're just saying over under of 0.5, yeah, I'll bet 10 money. to 1. I would bet however much money you want to bet. <laughs> How about on if one? I
0: said one and a half to one? Is that a good over That's under? <laughs> would, you, would you put even odds on both sides? Part of,
1: like I said, the the being at the winter meetings, talking to the Twins people, but also talking to other people about the Twins clarified this. And this was one of the areas that clarified, which is I talked to a lot of people from, not a lot of people, but you know, a handful of people from other teams some of whom are interested in one or more of those four players, some of whom had talked to the Twins about one or more of those players, and some of whom just had a sense of what the market might be for those players. And I just think that in part because where those players are in their careers, which is Polanco and Kepler are now in the last – Polanco has an option for next year, but right. they're they're closer to the end of their time with the Twins They're in their be, option
0: years of, right. the, of a long-term deal, And right, in yes. Polanco's
1: case, there's some infielders, second baseman behind him, whether it's Julian, right. whether it's yes. Brooks Lee. There isn't quite that with, with Kepler in the outfield. I mean, right. Arnick or somebody could be behind him. With Vasquez, you have Jeffers and Camargo. With Farmer, he's just expensive for a backup. Right. So I think the writing is just on the wall, but I also just think they can get, particularly with Polanco and Kepler – I do think there is a sense that they can get pretty decent value. Now, when I say that, I don't think they can trade one or even both of those guys for a playoff caliber starter like we're right. talking about. <clears throat> I think they would love to do that. I think they might try to hold out and push the envelope here and show patience and try to get that to manifest itself. Right. But I don't think we're gonna sit here in January and say, "Wow, they swapped Jorge Polanco for a number three starter who's right. gonna start a playoff game." Right. If they do, by the way, we'll say how what a great move. That, that is that right. Was. Yeah, that's right. I think that would be the goal. That would be the best case scenario. But I just think the, it makes sense. And then you toss in the payroll stuff. Yes, the, the payroll stuff the, is a part They're of it, capping right. themselves with the payroll. They're already kind of up against it. So Farmer at six and a half million, Vasquez at ten, uh, Polanco and Kepler essentially at ten each and change. Those are kind of luxury items at spots where you have younger, cheaper guys. Some of them also have trade value. To me, it just, it all adds up to being fairly obvious. And so this isn't like a, oh my God, Gleeman's breaking news here. But specifically with Polanco and Kepler, I do think that there are teams interested in both of those guys. And I think the Twins can move them for value separate from the payroll situation, separate from having replacements. They can just make a, Sort of normal trade. Do you know what I mean with them? Okay, I'll, I'll break. I'm going
0: to break it into two.
1: groups. Farmer and Vasquez these, are a little different.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll break it into two groups: uh, Vasquez and Farmer versus Polanco and Kepler. Um, I think Vasquez and Farmer. If the point is they'll move one of them to free up some salary for some prospects, right? That I feel there's a better than fifty percent chance of happening. Okay, um, but I don't. But I mean, but. Let's be clear on what they're going to get back. It's of nothing right. of value this no, it's, year. We saw it's, with it's uh, going to be subtraction, not addition.
1: Gio Urshela last year it was the same thing. Which right. he, was, yeah. he, he was owed nine million. They traded him to the Angels for uh, right. his name was uh, Anderson Haldalgo, yeah. low, low a yeah. prospect.
0: I would I would I would suggest the most likely of them is I, I think we said at the beginning of the season. I think Farmer is not on the opening day roster next year. I think he is traded, but I think it's going to be. It's going. There's nothing about. We're not going to need to do an emergency podcast to talk about the prospect they get back from. They're, they're right. not going to get a everyday player, I don't think. Right, I agree. Um, I mean, perhaps they could get a backup center fielder for or you, could you get know something a like reliever that. or something like that from right. these guys. Yeah, maybe yeah, something like that. Right, but n- not not I any mean, significant value to this year's right. Uh, Polanco and Kepler. I don't think they're trading them unless they get back. Some value for 2023, like a player they can pad on the opening. Yeah. I'm sorry, 2024, right? The opening day, an opening day roster player. They have to have, get back an opening day roster player. I don't think they're going to trade hit, hit either of those two for
1: prospects. See, I, they would like to do what you're saying. I think that would be their first choice right. for sure. Like I said, I mean, if you could swap one or even both of those guys for a pitcher, like we're talking about, that would just be very easy. You could do that. I do think that if you find that that is not doable.
0: Yeah, and I think that is, that is why I am less sure that either right. of them is traded. Which I'm, I don't think it is going to be – I'm not saying it's not doable. I'm saying it's going to be tricky. I,
1: I agree with that. But you can also then say, okay, we can kind of make this two trades basically. You can trade Polanco for the salary relief right. and a prospect or two that you like and then trade one of your own prospects – or two that you right. like for a pitcher making 15 million dollars let's say. Okay. So effectively it's one trade. Yeah, I guess, I see what what I see what you mean.
0: I see what you're saying on that, right.
1: So you clear his 10 million dollars which can then be used for a pitcher who's making 10, 12, 15, 20 million dollars whatever it is and you kind of recoup the prospect value that you're sending out for that pitcher. Now you got to right. be right when you're choosing these prospects and everything. Right. And so it's really almost like a three-team trade. Except it's two sure separate trades. Do yeah, you know I, what I'm yeah, saying? I understand what you're so saying, that's right. one version I could see happening. I yeah. do agree that they would love to just make it easy. You send Jorge right. Polanco and Max Kepler to the Mariners for uh, Brian Wu or whatever, and it's like that was easy. We got a starting pitcher. We traded away these two guys. Boom. We do I mean,
0: that. I, I think the more likely scenario, though, for what you're talking about, is they dump, uh, dump uh, Vasquez and Farmer, right. Or Vasquez and or Farmer. For the salary relief, sure. for you know, even if they have to pick up part of Vasquez's uh, contract or something right. like that, but they still get some salary relief there, et cetera. I don't think Polanco and Kepler play into that very much. I don't. I think that's oh, I less agree. likely, they're, right?
1: It's, they're different scenarios. Yeah, so so uh,
0: as far as you know, I think all, there's a 100% chance one of the four will be moved, um, perhaps. I mean, I think there's a better than average chance that uh, – be, uh, better than 50% chance that Farmer straight up is
1: just moved, well, right? And this the rest way. of them – how do you like this? It's more likely that multiple of those four will be moved than it is that none of those four will be moved. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think I believe that. Ooh, we can bet on that. Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: we've said one and a half. Although if one right. gets
1: traded, it's a push. Yeah, right? it's a push. Right. So right. I mean, yeah. Right. I don't like push. I hate yeah, push. And,
0: and I don't really want to bet that none of them is moved. I just don't think that two is going to be moved.
1: So Neither of us have a sister that we can kiss.
0: So. <laughs> That's it. Right. Uh, so... So I, I'm not so sure I'm on board with number two. I, I just, well, I just, good. Re- I like I just, saying I, just,
1: controver- I like right. saying things that you just don't go. Well, <laughs> that's obvious. Yeah, P-
0: Polanco and Kepler. I think they want to hang on to Polanco and Kepler. Like, I oh, don't, but, don't right. get me
1: wrong. They're not trying <laughs> to dump no, these no, guys. no, no, no. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this with Kepler three years in a row, where it's like he seems like a trade candidate. Why didn't they trade him? Well, because they value him. That's obviously. right.
0: Exactly. They had a great right. second
1: half. Yes. I just, and, and I, I, I think they are only
0: willing to trade those guys if they get back. A significant piece for 2023, and 24. or 2024. God, and uh, we're almost there. Like I'm two weeks away <laughs> from 24, and I can't actually remember that. Yeah. I, just, well,
1: we're I still haven't figured out that I'm in I made 2023. St- I say oh, five years ago <laughs> for stuff that happened 30 years ago. Oh,
0: yeah. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, the uh, I, I I just I'm not. I don't know that they're going to get the offers they want on that. I think that is their focus right now. I think their focus is sort of what can we get. And maybe I am jaded by the fact that the free agent market for hitters has been so slow to develop that it just doesn't seem like there's much interest right now because that, you know, and I think, you know, we are not that far away from everybody taking a look at this free agent hitting market and going, ugh. Right. Well, especially (laughs) if they're starting
1: to get $70 million contracts. Right. Exactly. Right. I I also, I mean, we've talked about this with Keplers especially and – I don't even mean it in a negative way, but it, it does kind of remind me of the Mauer discussion we had a few minutes ago, which is we know so much about Max Kepler and right. Jorge Polanco. Yeah, they've got
0: freezer burn. They've been in the organization
1: that. for literally what, 14 years, 13 years now. Yeah. yeah. right. There's a freezer burn, not in the sense that we think they're bad players or anything, right. but just, we know what their flaws are. We know all about Polanco's injury situation. We know all about Kepler's inconsistency and, right, you know, yes. struggles with batting average on balls in play and, Uh, Unwillingness to play center field and all this stuff. It's not that that stuff isn't known to other teams, but another team might just look at Max Kepler and just go, Yes, so. Yeah, he's good, (laughs) right? right? Like, why don't we not want him? He's got 20 (laughs) homer power. He's a good defender. He's, you know. Yes. And so I think there's some of that kind of built in too. I will say, I went to lunch. I won't say any details here, obviously, but I went to lunch at the Opryland uh, Hotel one of the days. I had a horrible soup. One of the worst meals I've ever had. But we were sit as How does I was. They make a horrible soup. I- Honestly, it was the worst soup I've ever had. <laughs> and my uh, lunch companion, uh, I made them try it, and they were like, Yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> it was. It was just you like- made your lunch companion try I it. I said, Am I nuts or is this the worst thing you've- I've ever eaten? <laughs> and they were like, Yeah, it's bad. What is that? It was almost like. What and kind of know. soup was it? It was supposed to be chicken wild rice, which I was like, Okay, this Brothies is. Brothies gonna- or creamy? I thought creamy, but yeah, it was but just yeah, yeah, yeah. dirty water Yeah, with, like, anyway. I made that
0: mistake. I was really
1: upset. It was very you gotta,
0: upset. you got to be very clear on and the broth with just creamy. It when came with, like, wild rice.
1: biscuits – Okay. That were just garbage. <laughs> so anyway, I was really upset about this. But at the table next to us okay. was a contingent from a, a team's front office, which we talked about this on the Patreon, how strange it is to just walk around and you just see, right. oh, hey, there's the GM of so-and-so. Right. So literally, I'm at lunch with another person, and next to us is uh, five members of fill-in-the-blank team's front office, right. and to the point that I recognize them immediately. Sure. And I know one of them. And so I just said, hey, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And I said – Have you tried my soup? (laughs) Yeah, I should have said, can you guys try this soup? It's garbage. (laughs) Like I'm trying to poison another front office. But I said jokingly because I try to make a joke of everything because I'm uncomfortable in social situations. (laughs) Maybe
0: you got some rice caught in your throat from this.
1: Yeah, could be, yeah. There was no – barely any rice. I wish there was rice. But I said to the person I know from this front office, hey, can you guys uh, do something with the twins so I got something to write about? And they said – jokingly at first well, what do they got going like, what you? and i said i don't know can i interest you in a lightly used max kepler <laughs> and they all of a sudden got less jokey and were like what do you think they'd want for him and i said oh uh well and i like sat down <laughs> and i was like well they could use starting pitching and we start talking about <laughs> it and i, I realized so. that when we hear max kepler we know every possible right, thing yeah. about Max Kepler right, yeah. to the point that we know too much yeah, about Max right. Kepler. Yeah, right. We can tell you the ups and downs of every season. We can tell you when he was 16, when right. he was 26, when he was 30. Right. We can tell you the injuries. We can tell you the, you know, the flaws. Right. We can Well, another team, it's not like they don't know Max Kepler. They've okay. scouted Max Kepler. But if you just say to someone, "Hey, Max Kepler, they go, hey, "He's a pretty good right fielder, right?" Yeah, yeah. we might <laughs> right. have interest. Yeah, in yeah. Him. Yeah. And right. so it's right. like having those type of conversations. Even over the worst soup you've ever had in your life. <laughs> it, was exp- it was like $22, too, by the <laughs> way. Which, you know me, I'm cheap as sh- right. Anyway, that really opened my eyes a little bit to the idea of Max Kepler, Jorge Planco. Well, we,
0: keep, we keep saying Max Kepler is pretty comparable to, say, Teoscar Hernandez on the free agent market right, right now, right? Like, next year, I bet you his market is similar, uh, except lefty versus righty, honestly, right? Honestly,
1: other than Cody Bellinger, and uh, if you're looking at corner outfielders, right. guys who don't play center, right. I'm look, everyone listening to this knows <laughs> I'm not like some big Max Kepler right. Bobo, right. obviously. I think I would put him, if not number one, certainly number two or number three among all corner outfielders in free agency. And so he's available on a one-year $10 million contract. Right. So if you're a team in need of a corner outfielder. Right. And whether it's Tiasca Hernandez or right. you know fill in the blank, any number of other guys, uh, Lourdes Goriel, so, whoever right. it is. Right. And they're reaching out to them. Maybe they do slightly prefer them over Max Cup. Or, or maybe they want more than a one-year solution. Or maybe they want a right-handed bat. Our, whatever it is. Right. But if those guys are saying to you, yeah, I want a five-year, years, million. Right. Or four-year, yeah. years million. Yeah. And then you go, oh, well, we could just trade the Twins something. Right. And get Max Kepler on a one-year, ten million dollars deal, and then, by the way, make him the qualifying offer after the season, and maybe right. keep him, maybe get a draft. So I do think I, I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. They're not going to just dump them; they want value. All I'm saying is my impression is that they can actually get value. Now, I've said this in the past, and what the Twins yeah. perceive you as that,
0: you say that about every year about Max, Max Kepler. Right? Kepler right? Yeah, right, yeah.
1: I haven't yeah. said it about Polanco in the past, but what the what the Twins perceive as value and what I perceive as value right. could be different, which is why I think that the youth coming up behind Polanco and the payroll situation in yeah. general kind of pushes them to maybe yeah. lower that threshold yeah. a little bit.
0: And I I understand that, but I, I think you're overstating that. To me, it feels like that is... Or, or, but I, you know, I could be right on this. And then the, finally, your third point, which is the they will get a playoff caliber starter in this offseason. Yes. Uh, I will say that is what...
1: That's are their hunt- hope. Yes. Yeah, I'm not my, saying they my, will or they won't, but that's their plan. Okay. You're
0: not saying I'm they saying will saying these are their three I, agree. Plans. I I I agree that these they, are their plan. They are hunting a playoff caliber yeah. starter. Like that is that is their primary goal this off that is their big challenge this offseason. I don't know that they're gonna be able to get it. And that's part of part of the reason is why I'm less sure about them trading Kepler and Polanco is like, yes, I think you can get a good, decent twenty twenty four contributor to most teams. The twins don't need a lot of stuff that would you could get for one of those guys. Like they don't need a number three starter, right? They don't need a. Well, I mean, I guess they could be you know a really good setup man. I'm not sure that they would. Even those are those are fair trades for somebody like Polanco and Kepler for one year. Ke- Kepler, you know, two years two years of Polanco. What they need is, you know, they need two things. One of which is worth less, I think, than Polanco and Kepler, and one of which is worth. A lot more than Polanco and Kepler, and I'm not sure how they make a deal. But what they need more—the one that's worth more—is they need a playoff-caliber starter, and you're not getting that for Polanco and Kepler, Polanco or Kepler. And what they need less is a you know fill in the fill in the center field center fielder, which I I think next Friday when we uh, have our next free, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the center field market because by then we'll hopefully know what Cody Bellinger is doing uh, beyond you know what uh, uh, the the guy the Giants signed.
1: There is a like overall skepticism yeah, be, right. about the Twins trading for a frontline starter, playoff caliber starter, however you want to phrase it. Basically, and I know that people are like, "Oh yeah, they don't have money to spend in free agencies, so they can't go sign a starter." And you say they're going to trade for one, but yeah, that's not going to happen. But they have done it. Right? They this keep is doing the thing it. that yeah. I'm confused I, I, by. I, I, I agree with you. Like, I,
0: I, I, like I, I'm, I'm that's how,
1: <laughs> people are upset that they lost Gray and Maeda. Right. How did they acquire Gray and Maeda yeah, yeah, right. in off-season trades right. for frontline starters? Right. And Same Molly, thing with
0: Oderizi and Pablo Lopez. Yeah, yeah right. For oh, that yeah, right. Pablo Lopez. Right. You're and right. So,
1: if there's anything the Twins have done from right. a like impactful move standpoint, <laughs> it's a yearly thing. They managed a paddock
0: <laughs> for that matter. Well, yeah. right. uh,
1: and so, yeah, I mean, I think the idea that they can't or won't or you know aren't uh, won't be able to pull that off. Right. Right. They've done it. It's a fair point. F- what four of the last five off seasons? You're right. And in, and once at midseason. You're right. Now there,
0: there should probably be a better than fifty percent chance. I'm that not they saying do that
1: all right. those have worked out brilliantly. Obviously, right, the sure. Mali trade in right. particular worked out horribly. Right, right. But they've done it. Like at the time of the trade, though, that right. check that box. So at least, I don't know.
0: Um, and you know, we've talked a lot about how you know the free agent market is sort of rich in those number two that sort of that level pitcher kind of like yeah this guy counts as playoff caliber type pitcher and while i don't expect the twins to sign any of those that does mean that on the those players that are available like that on the trade market may not have as many suitors you know those teams may, may, don't have as many teams that are necessarily looking for that, so
1: well i mean it's also true that like <laughs> the guy they trade for it doesn't mean they're trading for a th- 34 year old who has started playoff games right necessarily right right. it could mean they're trading for a guy they think yeah could be you know what i mean i'm not even saying it'll be like a triple a guy although they did that with joe ryan let's say they also traded for him that's a fair point it's like we traded for a guy who's a year and a half into his career he hasn't proven it yet but we think he'll be a playoff i mean that i'd prefer that actually yeah Yeah, of course um i guess we can finish on this uh I was gonna talk about Buxton but we talked about him a lot on the patreon there was a lot of talk of Buxton at the winter meetings because they had gotten his first uh yeah post-surgery check-in there's a, I would say there was a renewed optimism with Byron Buxton I'm the first one to say that <laughs> what does that mean you just mean? looked at
0: my face and went yeah uh, time for uh, the
1: caveat <laughs> I made the same face believe me if you'd I, I had yeah. a picture of me when they said that, I'd, my eyes would have been rolling. Into the, I'm trying to be better about rolling my eyes. Just,
0: just, just so we're clear, I'm sure Falvi made that same face when he heard the news about Buxton sure. again, right? Like,
1: but they're yeah, they're more optimistic. They're at least for the first time since the middle of 2022, like you know yeah, when he right, got shut yes. down, they're at least talking about Buxton as a center fielder again. Which you know, there's a lot of time between now and uh, right. what March 30th is opening day or whatever. But uh, so yeah, we talked a lot about that on the Patreon. I'm sure that you know there will be a better sense at Twins Fest. Right. You know they, it's, they're gonna it's gonna be a process here of him rehabbing sure. and all that. But the thing I wanted to talk about at the end here was there's been so much, and we're guilty of this, uh, focus on the payroll stuff and. I did a mailbag on uh, The Athletic yesterday. I published it. And so many of the questions were like, well, a lot of the questions weren't questions. They were just complaints (laughs) with a question mark at the end of it. (laughs) That's always the case. But a lot of the actual questions were like, why should I have any optimism for this season if the twins are not spending money and ownership doesn't care and you know, all the common complaints and all that. And I don't disagree with all that. We've talked about it. I, I think they're making a mistake by lowering the payroll. We've been over that. Uh, but I'm not a billionaire. And as I said in the mailbag, I'm not even someone that billionaires ask for advice. So it <laughs> doesn't matter what I think. But I do think it's we've like lost a little bit of the plot as a fan base. The idea that like the difference between having a $155 million payroll for next season and 130 million dollar payroll for next season is like some franchise crippling, you know, going to blow the whole team up situation. The reality is that's one good player, yeah, and they need one more good player. Yeah, right. and, and I'm not saying it's it's it limits their options. It it reduces their kind of margin for error. It may, they'd be a better team with 20 million dollars more to spend. Right. Do not get me wrong, but the reality is, you know, their 2024 season is going to hinge on the health of. Ray and Buxton and and, uh, Lopez and Duran. It's going to hinge on guys like Royce Lewis and Julian building on their rookie seasons. It's going to hinge on Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober taking a step forward. It's going to hinge on guys like Brooks Lee making an impact like Royce Lewis and Julian did last year. Those things have nothing to do with payroll. Like The the core of a good team is still there. And so along those lines, (coughs) I looked up it's very early obviously, but I looked up both the FanGraphs, they keep like a running, oh, yeah, uh, yeah okay. depth chart projection, yeah. and then I looked up Bet G and Bet MGM, which is just a gambling website.
0: Plenty of, uh, I've got their app on my uh, phone yeah, yeah, from well, Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, well, they
1: run the. I know when I was at the Bellagio, they yeah. run the Bellagio Sportsbook. Yes, they do.
0: Yeah. I mean, they run. All the sports books? Like t- a thousand of the okay. sports books. It's basically Caesars or
1: BetMGM. That's it. Right. I put a bunch of Futures uh, World Cup bets. I remember I had bet MGM what? tickets on uh, on my uh, refrigerator for like three months or whatever. <laughs> we cashed on uh, – who did we cash on? Argentina or I don't remember. France? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, those I like because they make you go back to Vegas to cash. <laughs>
0: you know? Oh, yeah, I suppose. It, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think right, they make yes, you. It just right, gives you reason yes, to go right. back to Vegas
1: to, right. to cash. them. Okay. But so my point, and we, I'll read them off here. It's very early. Things are going to change. We see the Tigers keep making some additions, and the Royals even signed Seth Lugo and all this. The The, uh, the White Sox are going to make some trades, I'm sure. and They're going to get worse, in my opinion. But the Twins haven't done a damn thing. So, but – Similar to the Maurer discussions, similar to the Polanco Kepo, it's sometimes valuable to like, sure. Detach yourself from the Minnesotaness yeah. of it all. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. just say, yeah. how does the world outside of Minnesota yep. view this, not only the twins, but the division right. as a whole? And so here's how, and I think this is maybe instructive. Okay. So Bet MGM has the twins at minus 125
0: to, to win, win the, the division. division.
1: Right. And what that means is, for the non-degenerates uh, among us, first of all, congratulations for not having that mental uh, problem <laughs> that I have, uh, you have to bet $125 on the Twins to win the division just to win $100. Right, that's right. So that what that tells you is they're favored. Yes. Right. They're viewed as likely, more likely than yeah. not. They're a 55% chance to win the division. Yeah, 55 like 60%, probably. whatever that is. Uh, the other teams – Cleveland is in second at, I think, plus 260, and then the Tigers are plus 300. And what that means is if you bet 100 yeah. on Cleveland to win the division, you right. win 260. Right. If you bet 100 on the Tigers to win the division, you win 300. Right. That's effectively three to one. So That's that tells right. you yeah.
0: 33. Yeah, 25%. Now, I think numbers, the Tigers have a 25% chance. They think Cleveland has a, it's a little better
1: than that. And the, right. the White Sox and the Royals, the Royals are 20 to one Sure. to win. And the White Sox are forty to one you're to win. You're kidding me. People think the White Sox are just going to blow it. I mean, they don't project well as is. They weren't good last season. Right. Uh, and so the the takeaway from that is the Twins are. I don't want to say. The takeaway from that is I'm betting the over on the White Sox. I'm betting. Really? I think so. I don't know about that. Wait till you see. They're about to trade Dylan Cease. <laughs> well, for sure. that's a fair point. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. We'll see who else. But um, I know you're a huge White Sox fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> We both, most, we both really are. Love that. We like we love, love the, that franchise. Love the White Sox.
1: Uh, and their fans. <laughs> yeah. Great group. Especially. Um, but the takeaway from that is the Twins are, I don't want to say overwhelming favorites or anything, like that, but, but they are clear favorites right. in this division, having not done a damn thing. And the people right. betting are aware, maybe not to the extent that we are, are aware that the Twins aren't likely to make some big splash. Right. And so all they're doing is looking at, like I said, the core of this team and the rest of this division, and they're essentially coming to the conclusion, which I've come to, which is, this is, if they don't do anything, this is a good team, not a great team, not mm-hmm. a very good te- a good team and a bad division. Yeah. And that's what it was last year, and they won the division. That's what it seems to be this year, yes. or upcoming year, and they'll win the division. Fangraphs, graphs, which is more of a less subjective, more objective, theoretically, look at it. All they're doing is looking at however the Fangraph's depth chart is arranged where they try to right. distribute playing time, which I do think they do a generally uh, – I think John Becker is the person behind that uh, who does – on. it's called Roster Resource on there. I think they do a generally good job. Obviously, you can quibble with some sure. things here. But you know, you look at the Twins' depth chart and the distribution of playing time and at least yeah. – The at-bats are about right. Yes. Right. They have the, right. the correct starters in place and all that stuff. The Twins – Are currently projected to win 90 games. Okay. Cleveland is the second best team in the division at 85. Okay. The Tigers are at 81. Okay. And both the Royals, I think, are in the 70s and the White Sox are at like 72. Okay. Something like that. And so. That, by the way, 90 for the Twins.
0: But just to so be clear, they're not playing out the season or anything. They're just taking sort of what the stacked war is for those various players, right. distributing it by at-bats. Cetera, they're saying if the season upright. started yeah, today yeah,
1: yeah. with the current depth right, charts in yeah. place. Here's the
0: stats everybody would put up, mm-hmm. and when we combine those stats for those players, here's what you end up with in terms of Basically, wins.
1: Basically, right, yeah. Okay. 90 wins. First of all, they won 87 last year, so sure. that's an improvement. Uh, is fifth highest in the American League right now. Right. They were seventh best in the American League last year. Yeah. Fair, so right. all, I'm not saying that doing nothing is a good thing. Right. I'm not saying that that's the path to World Series success or anything. All I'm saying is this sense that the payroll yeah. going down or right. the lack of action is some sort of crippling uh, maneuver to the team, I think, sort of loses the plot of they can basically just run it back. Yeah. Because sure. of the core that they have, the young players that they have, and the veterans they have, and really because Cleveland is shedding, pay- honestly, I just read something today that Cleveland is about to get booted off their uh, local TV. Uh, yeah, right. And they're going to yeah. b- about to trade Bieber, just to shed the salary. Right. And we know the White Sox you are think tanking. Got room
0: for him on this staff?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, <you> trade Polanco <laughs> to clear the ten million. Uh, <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be. Um, interesting. But so anyway, my point is, yes, I would love to see them have more money to spend. I would, I would love to be talking about trades and signings. We right. we love that. That's what we live for in the offseason. and sure. that's what we want to be doing. We don't want to be talking about Shohei Otani <laughs> and all this right. stuff. But I think don't don't sort of let that uh, blur the lines of the fact that the Twins are, in my mind. I don't think I'm like overly rosy about this. Heavy favorites, the 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 clear best team right. in a in a crap division. Sure. Yep. And I don't know that that's going to change. I think the Tigers are clearly, you know, they signed Jack Flaherty yesterday to a one year deal. Did they sign Flaherty? 14 million.
0: Shoot. They signed. I thought that might be the sleeper, the Twins. That's end an up interesting with, one. Yeah.
1: They signed Kenta Maeda, Obviously, I don't think they're done necessarily, but yep. I I think. And their projection even now is at 81 wins, which is, you know, borderline contender, obviously. I think clearly the Tigers probably are saying the same things we're saying about this division and saying, I don't know that we're like ready, ready, but what if we just spend a little bit of money here on some pitching, add a piece here? Well, I mean, the first of all,
0: three reactions to that. The first is, even if they go and sign a really good pitcher, uh, that total goes up from 90 to 93, right? Like, we should should also say 94, you know what I mean? Like, that... Not even. Probably. Yeah. The point sort of is like we're all sitting there going, "Oh, this team just can't do it without." Well, first of all, yes, they can do it without a great pitcher. They or they can win their division without grabbing a great pitcher. Sure. And getting a great pitcher, you know, adds a little bit, but doesn't necessarily like they're not you're going to jump from uh, ninety wins to hundred and two. They're not going to be one like, of the, the teams they get to buy in the American League. Of your right? like
1: off season projection is already in place on day one, no matter what you do in the off season, because right. like ninety percent of your team is already in place. Right. You know
0: what I mean? And I think. The second is that well, I think most of the fan base would say, yeah, the Tigers are doing it the right way, which is, yeah, let's invest some money. Oh, I you know agree. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, which I agree. Yes, I know you agree, but that's that's that that's why people are upset.
1: I'm just saying, don't confuse the frustration. Don't let the don't let the frustration or the boredom of the offseason blur, like like convince you that the team is worse than it actually is. No, no, I agree. Do you know no, what no, I mean? Right. No, but I think the final
0: piece is that this. The goalposts have been moved a little bit. Now, partly that's because the division sucks, right? Yeah. But partly it's because they also had a little bit of postseason success, sure. right? Like, coming into this offseason, the goal was not, let's have a good enough team to win the AL Central. Well, we said right at the beginning, this team already is probably good enough to win the AL Central right. next year, right? And obviously this bears right. that out. And we spent most of this t- talking about how they need to get a playoff-caliber starter. Okay. We're not asking trying to get a playoff-caliber starter because we want them to be three games better in the regular season. We've Because we want them to be good in the playoffs, this right?
1: This is the last bullet and, point I had to okay, make. Okay, good. Which is... Like, th-
0: this is why this is why I I why I think you can I agree. can can say now was the time to invest. Right? You you built to the point where you are an every year playoff caliber team yes, now. Yes.
1: Absolutely. It, Do not get me wrong. I think they're making a huge mistake by lowering the payroll. Right. I think they have clear needs in the rotation. Right. But
0: but, but, don't, but don't don't get carried away with it to the point of saying this is not a good team right. or you know, so, but but I think this fan base is at the point where like well, I think uh, Randall Stew had a story at Twizz Daily like three years ago when, when the Twins were a playoff-caliber <laughs> Warrior poet. the <Randall> <laughs> the first week was like, the, the headline was something like "Nothing good can happen for the next six months," and it was, it was published on opening day. <laughs> right, and the thing is like, yeah, we expect you to make the to win the regular season. Sure. All we care about is getting some wins in the postseason. No. Yes,
1: I agree. So that was this is my last bullet point, and we'll shut up. Then I'll go home and cough in my in my apartment. <laughs> um, you can't do anything in the playoffs until you make the playoffs. Right, and so yes. when we talk about projections and these odds and everything, those are just the regular season. And as we talked about 20 minutes ago or whatever, specifically with the rotation, the things that help you in the regular season aren't necessarily the things that help you in the playoffs. The, the Joe Ryans and the Bailey Obers and the whoever's, are absolutely essential right. in the regular season, but then you get into the playoffs and you go, "Do I actually trust that guy right. to go through a lineup three times?" Exactly right. And that changes. And so I 100% agree. I mean, that's what we just talked and about. And
0: when I when I go to a Vegas sports book, yeah, they they're um I, I take a look at the futures but Now this is just a sheet of paper, so I don't know that, exactly, but you know how accurate such it is. We get better stuff online, but John is it, pointing it was, to a blank it was, table. It, by it was the way, right? ten to one to. Be the team from the American League that goes to the World Series, right? For the Twins, yeah. right? And you know, if you were assumed to be one of the six playoff teams, even if yeah. you're one of the wildcard teams, it should be you know, if you're going to be an average playoff team, it's eight to one. That's the way it would be, right? Six to one or eight to one to make to be the team that comes out of there if it's completely random, et cetera. So already, like taking a look at where like where the Twins are in terms of playoff caliber teams, the judgment judgment right now is sure. they're not. A better than average playoff caliber team. They well, there's really. some
1: percentage that you don't you're, win the you're, division. You're, too.
0: You're obviously, right. But and yeah, it, and it's thirty one to win the World Series. Yeah. Which is makes you one of thirty teams. Well, yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I which is why all of which is why I the third thing on my list is I think okay. their goal or their plan or their hope, let's say, is to add that starting pitcher. Yeah, sure, right? yeah. And I think if you can do that, Yes, would it help if you could also sign a reliever and a placeholder center fielder and a right-handed hitting first baseman and all this other stuff? Yeah, I do think they can accomplish some of that stuff regardless. But this team today, without anything, is absolutely good enough yeah. over the course of a regular season to be the best team in a bad division. Yeah. And the, then the question is, are they good enough to make another playoff run or a further playoff run, obviously? Right. And I would say the thing missing from that is what Sonny Gray theoretically provided, although he only provided it in one of his two starts, But is and they didn't have a third version of that. They need to have a second for sure and hopefully a third version of that. And what's the easiest way to do that? Well, it's to trade for or sign, but to trade for that pitcher now. Right. And then to hope that – It's going to
0: be more expensive at the deadline
1: probably. Sure. Right. And to hope that – Ober or Ryan or Paddock or Varlin or David Festa or whoever the hell it is right. can be that third guy by the end of the season. But you can't – to me, it's asking too much to think that you're going to find a second and third guy from the group you already have which is why I think that their number one thing that they're trying to do, or yeah. and that they should do, is add that starting pitcher. But all I'm saying is, regardless of that, that's almost a separate thing. Right? Just yes. like the payroll is a separate thing. You can. Add, I'm frustrated by it too. I think it stinks. But don't lose right. sight of the fact that if we just start it right now, they're probably going to win the division. And honestly, I think it's going to be easier for them in a month. Because I think Cleveland is not going to yeah. add. Yeah, They're going to subtract. I think the White, White Sox are going to get worse. worse. Yeah. Now, t- the Tigers are the one little bit of a wild card here. Like, if they go out and sign a couple yeah. of position players for $75 million or whatever, then, yeah, they might have a little bit of a 85-win team instead of an 80-win team or whatever. And right. then you actually got to go out and win the division. But that's fine, too. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Okay. We will be back midweek, Patreon-style. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing. Maybe yet, a mailbag? Right? Maybe a, maybe, post-winter maybe a special guest? Yeah, we could try to get a guest. I'm gonna try to get uh Corey Provis on now that he's uh well, that's a good the idea. That news has been broken. Yeah, I'd love to have Corey on. He listens to the show, so why not? Hi, Corey. Corey if you're listening to <laughs> this. Call us. He might be busy these days. He might be busy. Days, <laughs>
0: might be busy. Yeah, don't yeah. call us. Text us. <laughs> call John if you want. That's right. I pick up the phone. Um
1: <laughs> But maybe yeah, maybe just the sort of post winter meetings uh we're all bored mailbag would be good we'll figure something out for yes. midweek p-a-t-r-e-o and patreon.com slash gleeman until then thank you to our sponsor grody
0: beef and game
1: time and better help and harry's razors thank you to john bonus who could have chosen to just live in las vegas for the rest of his life i was there for a week yeah that's a lot that's a lot of vegas especially with the group you were with yeah, well, that's true. Five minutes yeah. is a lot with that
0: <laughs> That's true. Between the power trip and my brother, oh my goodness, yeah. and, the, and the Vikings nation that was there. You, like, did
1: you, wait, did you go to the football uh, game? It was a hell of a football
0: game. My God. I watched it. I when, it was why. so disappointing. That stadium was at least 55%, 60% Vikings yeah. fans, and they just wanted to explode and be rowdy and blah, 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 and you know that game just sucked the life out it of everybody. It like was not even a game. And then the Raiders... Last fa- night. I'll fa- th- well, oh. yo, show you first. Yeah, I'll get to last night in a second. Uh, the Raiders fans were, you know, 45, forty five, forty, forty five percent of the thing. They were ready to explode as well because Raiders fans are always ready to yeah. explode. They had nothing going. Yeah. It was just, it was sixty five thousand people. That's what Allegiant Stadium holds.
1: Just going, really? Like, why are we here? Yeah. It was it's like a dress rehearsal that way. Of that game. Was, I do <laughs> wonder how long would they have played if a touchdown was needed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, right. And then last night the Raiders play. What's that? Four (laughs) days later. Yeah, sixty-three points, forty-nine at the half. It was. Yeah, I looked at that. I I I didn't watch that. I just saw it like on a TV, and I said, "What is? How is that possible? That is not possible." Same quarterback, same team, same. It's a pretty good. pretty good defense, the Vikings. <laughs> I guess. Or San Diego is the right. worst.
0: Or both teams were drugged or something. Like, they're pumping... Uh, were they hanging out with s- you pumping, in the power pumping, trip? Pumping the... Some sedation gas into that stadium. Backed it up. felt like there was sedation gas Planet, in that stadium.
1: What's it called? Planet... Uh went there oh, Planet 13
0: something, like, something that. like that the big marijuana supermarket in, uh, outside Las Vegas I yeah did you go there yeah.
1: I've not been there I'm Zach Halverson's
0: recommendation
1: <laughs> we uh, alright we'll talk to you then bye bye